Welcome to the Directors UK podcast. In this episode, we're treated to a conversation with a master filmmaker. The double Oscar winning Ashgar Fahadi spoke to us about the making of his powerful film, A Hero. In a conversation hosted by Jonathan Romney, Ashgar discussed his lengthy rehearsal process, the way he strives for realism, and finding the right pitch of emotion and complexity. We hope you enjoy the podcast. My name's Jonathan Romney, and it's a great pleasure to be here and to talk to Asghar Faradi. Um, this film has had a very exciting few months. Uh, it premiered in Cannes in July, where it won the Grand Prix. It is now um, Iran's entry for the Academy Awards, and it's a great pleasure tonight to be here and to talk to Asghar Faradi. Um, welcome virtually to Curzon uh, Soho. سلام و خیلی خوشحالم که امشب با شما صحبت میکنم و متاسفم که به خاطر این ورژن جدید کوویدی که اومده نتونستم خودم بیام اونجا. Thank you very much for having me. I really wish I could have come as it was planned but um, unfortunately in cause, in cause, because of the covid situation it was cancelled but I'm glad I can act, at least be with you virtually. Uh, well, thanks very much for joining us, and thank you also, Masume, for translating tonight. Um, so, you have made several films in Iran. You've also made films in Europe. Uh, you you made The Past in France. Uh, you made Everybody Knows in Spain. And I want to talk to you um, briefly a bit later about becoming an international filmmaker. But in the meantime, this is your return to Iran um, after your Spanish film, and not just to Iran, but specifically to one place. This film is set in Shiraz, which I believe is a very different place from Tehran. So could you talk a bit about what it is that, that makes Shiraz special for this film? شیراز یکی از شهرهای محبوب ایرانی هاست و همه در واقع به خاطر گذشته ای که داره اون شهر رو دوست دارن ما خیلی نوستالژی نسبت به گذشته تاریخیمون در اون شهر داریم خیلی از قهرمان ها اسطوره ها و مفاخری که در فرهنگ ما وجود داره در تاریخ ما وجود دارن یه ردپایی در اون شهر دارن و این یه لینکی داره با کانسپتی که توی فیلم قهرمان هست به خاطر همین من خیلی علاقه هم بودم که اتفاق اونجا بیفته به اضافه دلائل بسیار زیاد دیگه ای که اتفاق با جوش صحبت کنم Well, Shiraz is a very special city for all Iranians. Iranians, um, it's, it's many Iranians' favorite city because of its glorious past. I think Iranian people in general are very nostalgic about this past and about the heroes, the myth of all this glory of their history and of their civilization. And Shiraz is the city that embodies best this prestigious past. And this um, made it very relevant uh, as, um, as the setting of this film, because it's also linked with the very concept and the very topic of the film. This is the main reason, among others, that I can refer to lately if you, uh, later if you want. یه چیز دیگه که میشونم بگم به هر حال این داستان یه آدم ساده با یه گرفتاری که در یه موقعیت پیچیده قرار گرفته این آدم در یه شهری مثل تهران 
با زندگی های امروزی که وجود داره دیگه رابطه ها نیست که همه جمع بشن برای اینکه مشکلش رو حل کنن ولی توی شهری مثل شیراز هنوز اون روحیه خانوادگی وجود داره که وقتی یه مشکلی برای یکیس پیش میاد بقیه هم دور اون جمع میشن حالا ممکنه اصلا اون مشکل رو نتونن حل کنن ولی این جنس خانواده های گسترده توی شهرستان و توی شیراز خیلی بیشتره و اون سادگی این کاراکتر توی شهرستان و توی شهر شیراز قابل باورتره تا توی پایتخت Another aspect also is that it's the story of a man who's a very simple man and who gets involved in a very complicated and intricate situation. And because he doesn't know how to, how to, how to deal with the situation, he's immediately helped by his community, his family, his enlarged family. People get around him and they get involved in his problem. Not that they necessarily know how to solve it, but at least they care and, and they are really committed. This is the kind of solidarity that you would see much more in a provincial city like uh, Shiraz than in Tehran, in, the, in all this huge megapolis. Now people live their own individual lives and they're not involved in uh, their neighbors or their family. And also this kind of character, this very naive man is more plausible, more believable in a, in a smaller city than in Tehran. Um, you talked about it being a very complex situation, and this is something which is absolutely a trademark of your films, that very often they start with a situation which is quite simple, and then it becomes extremely complex. A lot of trapdoors start to open in people's lives, and they fall into you know, an abyss of absolute complexity. Can you talk about what, what you love about the, the complexity of your storytelling? این پیچیدگی نیست که من خودم به عمد به قصه اضافه کنم موقعیت هایی که توی قصه وجود داره به این سمت میره در یه نگاه کلی حتی این پیچیدگی هم پیچیدگی های عجیبی نیست حتی به نوعی میشه گفت پیچیدگی هم که به سادگی ما میفهمیم که چرا به وجود اومدن ولی شاید علت این پیچیدگی این باشه که در واقع ما یه اتفاقی میفته و هی بر میگردیم از زاویه های مختلف و اتفاق رو بررسی میکنیم و این باعث شده که احساس کنیم پیچیده است I think the situations are not that complex. It's not a complexity that I add to the situation on purpose to make it more obscure or more difficult to apprehend. It's just that we take a situation as it, as it is and we keep revising it, looking at it in a different angle, from a different point of view, in a, with a different state of mind. And that's what makes it appear as more complex, as more... Yeah, more sensitive than just something that you can look at very randomly and not pay attention to. یه چیز دیگه که باعث شده که ما به عنوان تماشاگر احساس کنیم موقعیت پیچیده‌ای اینه که بین دو راهیایی که شخصیت‌های فیلم قرار می‌گیره ما هم به عنوان تماشاگر برامون سخته که کدوم رو اگه انتخاب کنیم راه درستیه و این یه پیچیدگی برای خود ما هم ایجاد می‌کنه. Maybe another aspect that make uh, the situation uh, look complex or complicated is that whenever the characters are confronted with dilemmas, we share as a viewer, we share this dilemma with them. We don't know either which decision is better to make, which way is, is more appropriate. And um, so the, the fact of not, not being sure either makes may make people feel that it's complicated. Um, so I believe, sorry, I'll let you. 
sorry, I wasn't sure if that was me talking or you. Um, it's the echo. Um, I believe this is a story that you've been interested in for a very long time. Uh, I, I believe you you landed on this story uh, several decades ago. Um, and I wonder how it developed over the years to become a story very much about the moment and about social media. من موقعی که قصه رو بهش فکر کردم به طور جدی بهش فکر کردم سوشال میدیا بخش معتم فیلم من نبود یعنی قرار بود که یه فیلمی بسازم در نقد سوشال میدیا ولی برای میدونستم داستان یک فردیه که اوج میگیره و در زمان کوتاهی سقوط میکنه و برای این اوج گرفتن قطعا و این سقوط یه ابزارهایی وجود داره که امروزه روزنامه ها تلویزیون و سوشال میدیا مهمترین ابزار من که یه کسی رو در این تایم کوتاهی ببرن بالا و بیارن پایین Well, at the time I decided to deal with the story and to, to, to write a script and make a film about it, I really didn't have in mind the, uh, the idea of uh, making a film that would be a criticism of social media. It wasn't my point at all. The thing is that for me, the main um, issue of this film, the, the, the main topic is the The, the kind of ascension that a, a man is taken into. All of a sudden, a man is chosen, distinguished, and, and they make him rise and fall. And this rise and fall nowadays, the, the first tool to make this happen are social media. So it's, it, it's more the means and, and um, the, the need of the story than the, the fact in itself. I wonder whether also you could see the film as uh, a kind of parable for the situation of an artist, you know, or someone who becomes famous. It could be a film director, but suddenly someone becomes public property and everyone feels they own them in a particular way and makes particular demands. In fact, for anyone who can be able to do it, for a musician, for a musician, for a musician, for a دوره کوتاهی از زندگی زیر نورافکن قرار بگیره و نکته که وجود که این چیز طبیعیه ولی نکته که وجود داره تصویری که در مدیاها از آدمهای واقعی ساخته میشه این تعمیم داده میشه به همه گذشته و آیندهشون یعنی همه انتظار دارن که در گذشتهشون هم همونجوری باشن که در اون دوره کوتاه که مورد تحسین هستن و در آینده هم همونجوری باشن و در واقع در انتها از این آدمهایی که در یه دوره‌ای برجسته میشن و شناخته میشن امکان خطا کردن ازشون گرفته میشه که این دعوا زندگی رو خیلی سخت میکنه چون اگر ما نتونیم خطا بکنیم زندگی دیگه واقعا سخته Well I think this can happen to anyone it can be an artist it can be an athlete it can be a, very, a filmmaker it can be a very ordinary person um, what's specific is this, that it's a very uh, ephemeral um, state is that all of a sudden one person is put under the spotlight and um, then this glory is taken away from them. And the thing is that as soon as you are or the person is in the spotlight, uh, the general expectation is that the, 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 his, his or her whole life has um, to fit this specific image for this specific moment uh, that um, made, made him or her uh, being distinguished. They expect him to have been perfect in, in his past and to keep being perfect in, um, in his future, as if uh, the, the, his whole life now is summarized by this specific moment of glory. And um, another aspect is that that person has no right 
to have any uh, flaw anymore, to make any mistake. And if you're, if you cannot, if you're not allowed to make mistakes anymore, life becomes very difficult. The نکته که در این فیلم وجود داره ما می‌بینیم وقتی این شخصیت رحیم شناخته میشه اولین بار خواهرش و شوهر خواهرش انگار دارن تلاش می‌کنن اونو نزدیک کنن به اون تصویر اجتماعی که ازش شکل گرفته لباسش رو می‌خوان عوض کنن حتی خواهرش میگه دیگه جلوی بقیه سیگار نکش انگار دارن این رو میخوان تبدیلش کنن به اون چیزی که تو افکار بقیه ساخته شده ازش این یه جور ظاهر سازیه یه جور در واقع and what we can see for instance about Rahim's character is that as soon as he is distinguished in this way as, as soon as, as he's put under the spotlight his very relatives his sister, his brother-in-law immediately want to change him to transform him into what they think people expect from him he has to dress differently he, they, they, she even advises him to stop smoking in public. So what matters is the appearance, is to fit the image that the other, the public image that, that, that they have. And even if this is the, the, the price for this is to have a contradiction between his internal personality, his true personality, and the appearance that he has, it's not a problem. What matters is the appearance. Um, I'd like to ask you about how you prepare your films. And in this instance, I believe you had an unusually long rehearsal process, really very long. Um, I wondered if that's normal for you. And also, what precisely happens during those rehearsals? Do the characters evolve? Does the story change? What, what are you trying to do in that long process? ما برای تمرین های این فیلم برنامه رویزیمون دو ماه بود ولی به خاطر کووید هی عقب افتاد فیلم بردارمون و تقریبا میشه گفت که ده ماه طول کشید همزمان با این تمرین ها و کستینگ هم انجام میدادیم بیشترین کاری که در تمرین ها اتفاق میافتاد ساختن بکستوری برای کاراکترها ها بود تمرین ها بیشتر از اینکه به بازیگر ها کمک کنه به من به عنوان کارگردان کمک میکرد که مسلطتر بشم به فیلم نامه و گذشته داستان و اتفاق که داره میفته. We originally planned to have two months of rehearsals, and because of the pandemic, it, it was much longer. We, we ended up having around 10 months rehearsing, but then it wasn't just rehearsals because even the casting process was still ongoing. So it was also through the rehearsals that I could go on casting my, my actors, and um, this time as generally, but this time with, with, uh, with the luxury of of extra time um it what, what it was about was to work on the backstory of the characters and to try for myself i mean these uh rehearsals in general are much more useful for me as a director than they are for the actors it's not meant so much for the actors to find the characters but for me uh to have a better mastery of the script and to have the backstories of all the characters and to know the past of the characters and the situations that are involved. چیزی که توی تمرین ها مهمه اساسا این این نوع فیلم ها یه نکته خیلی مهمی درش وجود داره که اگر بالانس نباشه احساسات و جای زیاد و کم باشه خیلی میتونه به غلطه سمت یه فیلم سانتیمانتال یا میتونه در تلویش یه فیلم خشک از این فیلم های آرت هاستی که ممکنه روح توش نباشه توی دوره تمرین که من متوجه میشم که اندازه 
حس و حال هر دیالوگ هر اکت و هر صحنه چی باید باشه also what's really at stake for me in the rehearsals is to find the, the right level of emotion of to see I, I don't want to have this very kind of dry art house cinema that in, in which there's no soul there's no human feelings involved but I don't want it either to be a too, too sentimental or emotional film so this this balance this very precise level of, of the right um, uh, right degree of, of, of emotion and feelings is something that I try and reach during the rehearsal process um, I'm going to throw things open in a minute. There will be a microphone hovering around. Um, first, I'm just going to ask you one question about method. Um, and I believe I read in an interview uh, of yours that you said you liked your films to resemble documentary, that you liked them to be to feel absolutely real. I noticed on this film you actually have two cinematographers. So I wonder if you could talk about why that was and how that played out working with them. بله آیا دلیل اینکه دو تا دو تا فیلم بردار داشتیم به خاطر اینه که جنبه مستند بدیم نه نه این فیلم یه دونه فیلم بردار داشت یه کسی بود که مدیر فیلم برداری رو همچون کنار من نشسته بود اون کار نور رو چک کرد و مدیریت میکرد خودشو نه فیلم با یه دوربین گرفته شده و اصلا هیچ جایی با دو دوربین گرفته نشده ولی قابندی ها و جای, جای دوربین همیشه به گونه ای که خود این شکل قاب و کمپوزیسیون تم... یه فاصله این اندازه بین تماشاگر و اون چیزی که جلوی دور داره اتفاق افتاده یه چیزی بشه این زندگی که وقتی تماشاگر فیلم رو بینه احساس نکنه که از یه قابی داره این رو میبینه احساس کنه که وارد در یه خونه بزنه وارد یه خونه شده و مهمون اون خونه است و داره یه رو میبینه این از این نظر میگم شبیه مستند باید باشه که توی نور توی جای دور توی حرکت دور شد Uh, no, I didn't have two cinematographers. I had only one um, DOP, one director of photography, who was uh, constantly sitting with me and uh, well um, managing, directing the, the the lights and and the uh, uh, the camera choices and movements. And it was all shot with one camera. I never had two cameras, and I really want this. But what really matters, and what I what I mean by this. documentary texture of, of the images and the scenes is that in the way I compose my frame, in the, way, in the way I decide to place my camera in the camera movements, what I want is the frame to be seamless. I don't want the audience to notice the frame or to admire the frame or, or to feel that there is a frame in which something has been displayed. I really want them to feel that They are in the middle of a life scene, that it, it's so lifelike, so believable that um, the frame is just forgotten, cinema is forgotten, uh, and the, the direction is not supposed to be noticed. That's what I mean by documentary, to make it feel as natural and lifelike as possible. Okay, um, well, there is a microphone going around. What um, I will ask you to do... is um, just speak up so I can hear you, so I can repeat your questions and uh, relay them. So um, I'm seeing one over there, I think just behind the aisle. Uh, yeah, please, in a, in a white mask. Okay. Um, can you um, talk about the, um, the character of Rahim's son and how you cast that boy and how you worked with him? 
خب این باید یه بچه رو باید خواب میکردیم که من استرانشان واقعا خودش لکنت داشته باشه چون لکنت چیز نیست که بشه بازی کرد و لحجه اون شهرم باید میداشت این دوتا باعث رو که خیلی دست ما بسته باشه تمام بچه که توی اون کل اون استان این مشکل رو داشتن ما دیدیمشون توی سن بودن و این بچه انتخاب شد که این مشکل رو داره کار کردن با این بازگری مشکل داشت که لکنت یه چیزی نیست که راکورد داشته باشه و همیشه یه اندازه باشه گاهی که فشار کمتری روش بود خیلی راحت حرف بزد گاهی که فشار مردمی زیاد می شد لکنتش اینقدر زیاد شد که متوجه نمی شدیم چی داره میگه رعایت این تا طول تاریفی خیلی کار سخت بود ولی این بچه واقعا بچه باهوشی بود و یک از شانسای من بود که پیداش کردم Well, the choice of the actor wasn't easy because I absolutely wanted to find a child who would really have the stutter because this was not something that uh, could 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 have been acted. So I wanted it to be his real way of speaking, and then I needed him to have the accent of also of the region of of the city of Shiraz. So this double condition made it quite difficult. So we auditioned plenty of of uh, young actors of of children and. I was very fortunate to find him because he he um well he 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 had everything I needed but the only problem that wasn't about him that is about the very nature of uh, this um uh, uh, of, of of this um trouble is that um the stutter is not something you can control so in terms of continuity it's not something you can predict at times when he gets nervous He had um, he stuttered so much that we hardly understood what he said. At times, he didn't have it at all, and it didn't necessarily match what we needed for the scene or what we expected. So, of course, that made uh, the shooting of the scenes with him a bit difficult. But he was a very um, clever child, and I I think I was really really lucky to find him. Yeah, just like I'm doing work, I'm not going to match him with other children. In short, this problem was in the school این باعث شده که یک آدم کم حرفی بشه و خیلی احساسات شو با چشماش به بقیه متوجه میکرد و نگاه کردم به بقیه و من اینو توی فیلم استفاده کردم چشماش خیلی خیلی از چیزایی که خودش انگار به زبونه میتونه بیاره چشماش میگه جزء معدود بازیگری بود که من باشون کار کردم و چشماش پر از حسایی بود که گاهی دیگه نیاز بود راجوش حرف بزنه And also one specificity that this child had that was extremely um, interesting and that I learned from him actually while, while I was rehearsing with him is that because he had this, this problem, this trouble in his real life and he suffered from it at school or, or with his friends is that he had become a person who would speak very little, a shy person who would express his feelings through his eyes. So he had this very expressive look that I, um, of course, that that was very interesting and very powerful for his character for the film. And I realized, I mean, I, I have hardly ever seen any actor who has such an expressive look and face. And so it was, we, we didn't need to, to make him speak that much. There was many of the uh, things that he would have um, said that he would have uh, put into words that here he could just express through his eyes. Okay. Uh, yes, you had a question down the front. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so it's a question about the uh, the nature of the Iranian prison system and how it works and the relationship of the men who come out of prison and to their families outside and and just generally explain because um, it's quite hard for us to grasp exactly how this prison system works and and also I'd, I'd add the fact that people outside can influence whether he stays in prison or not. بعد این سوالی که راجع به خیلی تماشاگرایی که بیرون از ایران هستن پیش میاد که اونجا وقتی یک کسی بدهکار باشه بستگی داره به داکیومنتایی که در رد و بدل شده بین طلبکار و بدهکار و نوع چکی که در رد و بدل شده و چی توش نوشته شده باشه بعضی از این مدارک جوریه که طلبکار میتونه اگر اون بدهکار پولشو نداد سر موقع اونو بدوزه زندان و اون میمونه زندان تا بدهیشو بده و مگر اینکه طلبکار ببخشه یعنی در واقع طلبکاری که تصمیم میگیره که آیا اون تو زندان بمونه طرف مقابل یا نه خب این چیزیه که در خیلی کشور دیگه الان وجود نداره ولی در ایران این هست و یکم برای کسی که در واقع آشنانیست با این سیستم فرق کنه این شخصیت توی بخش به همین دلیل توی بخش مالی زندان زندانیه که با بخشای دیگه زندان یکم فضاش متفاوت‌تره و راحت‌تر مرخصی میان و اینا در واقع گاهی خیریه‌ای هستن کمک کنن که اینا زودتر در واقع بدهیشون رو بدن بیان گاهی هم طولانی مدت میمونن تو زندان. Yes this is a question that I get quite often um, abroad or, or in western countries because the system is quite different. First of all I must say that uh, the the kind of prison in which he is is a financial um, prison so this is for debt so it's quite different with um, other other kinds of prison for which it can be for other reasons and the rules have nothing to do but for people who are um, in in prison for debt there are this network of uh, charities who can who are very active and can help people solving their problems paying off their debt and so being released and also there is this uh, the the question of the agreement when for for loan uh when according to the kind of documents that they have signed the contract uh, for a loan then what if a person doesn't pay off his debt the creditor can send him to jail until when he can pay off the debt and he also has this possibility to um um to to forgive them to their their to consent to accept that um he, he can come out that's the reason that's also part of the agreement it all depends on the first agreement between the two person um i think we have time for just one more so uh the red top down there in the middle okay so how do you prepare your shoot in terms of the images and in terms of the sound uh do you storyboard and all all of your preparation work basically خب من بخش زیادی از من قبل از که برم سر فیلم برداری انجام میدم توی تمرین ها و توی نوشتن فیلم ها در وقت فیلم ها میستم اگر که همزمان کارگردانی هم میکنم بخاطر هم فیلم ها خیلی طولانی و با جزیاته و وقتی میرم سر سرانه فقط به یه چیز فکر میکنم اینکه آیا این چیزی که دارم جلوی دوربین میشینم به لازم نور صدا بازی دیالوگ هایی که میگن آیا این رو خودم به عنوان یه تماشاگر باورش میکنم به عنوان زندگی یا نه احساس کنم توش اقراقایی هست و شروع میکنم اون رو تصدیق کردن 
Well, I must say that the most um, active and complete phase of uh, filmmaking for me is the writing process. That's why I take a long time uh, writing my scripts. They are very detailed. And whatever I write, I write it also in terms of directing and mise-en-scene. I already know how I'm going to shoot my, my, my shots when I'm writing and when I'm reworking on the new versions, when I rewrite my my scripts, all this phase is extremely detailed and precise. And once I'm on set, I have only one concern, one idea in mind, which is to make sure that what I am seeing in my monitor, what I'm organizing on the set in terms of acting, in terms of lighting, in terms of the camera movements, camera placement, everything in terms of also the set design, that it's that for me as a viewer, taking myself as 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 uh, one viewer, if it's um, if it's believable, if it's like life, if if I would believe in it, if I would buy it as something that's true, that's credible, that's not exaggerated. Enough, in, and if there is any aspect that I find um, exaggerated, then I would revise it and change it until it convinces it myself. وقتی که من توضیح میدم فقط یه چیزی رو باید در نظر بگیم که برای من قابل باور بودن رئالیسم یا واقعی گرایی و زندگی سه تا پلن و اون اوجش برای من زندگیه من در مسیر فیلمسازی و فیلمهای بعدیم همه تراشم اینه که ببینم آیا میتونم من در زندگی روی پرده دست پیدا کنم هنوز مسیر طولانی در پیش دارم هنوز اون چیزی رو که دنبالشم پیدا نکردم ولی تو این مسیر دارم حرکت میکنم what I can say in general, in, in terms of my, my attitude or my relationship to filmmaking, is that for me, it's a matter of levels, that what's believable, and then there is um, what's realistic, and then there is what is lifelike, what's life, at what stage will I be able to see and to show life on screen? I don't know if I have reached that level yet, but this is my aim, this is my main aim. Right. Um, well, unfortunately, that is all we have time for. Uh, so we would like to thank uh, Premier PR for setting up tonight. Uh, we'd also like to thank Amazon Prime, who will be releasing the film in January, along with Curzon, who will be releasing it theatrically. Um, we'd like to thank you all for coming. Uh, so spread the word about the film in the new year. Uh, Masume, thank you very much for translating. Masume Lahiji. And thank you very much, Asuka Faradi, for joining us virtually tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you and good night. Good night. Have a nice night. This podcast was recorded at a Directors UK member event. You can hear more episodes of the Directors UK podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or your favourite podcatcher. Directors UK is a professional association for film and TV directors with over 7,500 members. Find out more about us at directors.uk.com. <laughs>